It's one of the great things about our Catholic faith is that anywhere you go in the world and you go to Mass, it's going to be pretty much the same. Now, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, might sound a little bit different. might be in a different language, something like that. But even if it is, you can still go and you can still participate because it's essentially the same. We're doing the same thing. That's part of the reason why we call our Catholic faith universal. That's what the word Catholic means. It's universal. Our faith is universal. And another neat thing about Catholic churches is that in basically every Catholic church you walk into, you're going to see a nice, prominent crucifix in the sanctuary. The crucifix is a beautiful thing. Of course, we're blessed here at St. Pat's to have a, a very nice one to help us pray and to help our devotion. And there's lots of things that we can notice about the crucifix, right? We notice the different wounds he has, the nail marks in his feet and in his hands. We notice the wound in his side that pierced his sacred heart. We notice the crown of thorns, the sign, the wood, and the uh, Old Testament imagery there. All sorts of things that we can notice about the cross. But we also have to um, receive the cross in a whole way, in a complete way as well. When we come into church, we should look at the cross and remember what Jesus has done for us. We remember that sacrifice. And at some point, brothers and sisters, we have to sit down and really ask ourselves the question, well, why? Why did the cross happen? Why did Jesus do that? Why did Jesus, who is God, so by the way, just a side note here, if that question ever comes up for you, whether or not Jesus is God, the answer is absolutely yes. He's both uh, fully God and fully human, a divine nature and a human nature. So Jesus is God himself. So why would Jesus, who is God, creator of everything, designer of all that exists in the universe, why would God consent to become part of his creation? to be humiliated, mocked, spit upon, tortured, and eventually murdered at the hands of his creation. Why would he consent to do that? Why would he go through all of that? Why did the crucifix happen? And of course, the only answer we can give is because of his great love for us, is because of his sacred heart that burns with love and desire for each and every one of us to be saved and to spend eternity with him in the heavenly kingdom. And so we recognize that God who is love, not just God who is full of love or God who loves the best or something like that. No, God who is love, the source of all love, gives himself on the cross out of love for us. He sacrifices himself because he loves us. And in doing so, he gives us the model of what true love is. Brothers and sisters, the crucifix is true love. It's Jesus giving himself fully for his beloved, for us, for his creation. Jesus lays down his life. He holds nothing back. He gives of himself for the good of all of us so that our sins can be forgiven and so that we can spend eternity with him. And so again, we have the model of what true love is. Love is not merely a feeling. Love is not merely words you say. Love is not merely actions either. 
Love is the cross. It's sacking, uh, sacrificing yourself for the good of your beloved, laying down your life for the ones that you love. And the reason why this is important is because we have love mentioned a lot here in our gospel today. Jesus says, The Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we read that and we can kind of think, well, okay, I I get that. Jesus, I understand what you mean. But it should raise the question in us, well, how do we do that? How do we love? How do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? That's the question. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. How do we do that? Well, again, the answer is the cross. We're called, brothers and sisters, to give ourselves fully to God and to not hold anything back. God doesn't want a piece of our heart. God doesn't want half of our heart or even most of our heart. God wants all of us, the whole thing, our whole hearts. He wants us to be fully dedicated to him and to give ourselves totally to him in our lives. And the temptation we can face, especially in our culture today, is to kind of say to ourselves, well, I'll give God some of my time. I'll give God some of my heart. um, And that should be good enough, right? I'll go to Mass on Sunday for an hour. I'll say, you know, prayers before meals and stuff like that. And that should be good enough, right? That's not what God is saying. That's not what God wants from us. He wants all of our, our hearts. He wants our whole lives. He wants everything in our lives. To be permeated by his love. He wants our faith to touch everything in our life. And this is evidenced by a line that we have later in the gospel today. It's easy to miss if you're not paying close attention. So the scribe comes up to Jesus. He says, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor. And then the scribe says, okay, teacher, well said. You are right in saying uh, to love God and to love your neighbor. Those are the greatest commandments. And those are worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. That little line there, it's easy to miss. Why would he say that? Why would he say that that's worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices? Well, it's because at that time, in the Jewish culture, it was very easy for the people to get wrapped up in simply following the rules of the religion. There were literally hundreds of rules that the Jews followed, um, that governed the way they ate, the way they worshiped, the way they talked and interacted with each other, the way they uh, cleansed uh, themselves, all these kinds of things. There were so many rules and people were following the rules. They were checking off the list, but they were saying, that's good enough, right God? If I simply check off the list, that's good enough. But it wasn't good enough. That's not what God wants from us because God wants our hearts. So even though they were doing the burnt offerings and the sacrifices and they were doing it in the right way and they were following the rules, it's not as good as giving God your whole heart, as following these commandments that Jesus gives us. And this is why Jesus gets so mad at the Pharisees and the scribes. He says, you guys are whitewashed tombs. Imagine that for a second. A whitewashed tomb on the outside looks great, looks beautiful, maybe. 
But then on the inside, there's nothing but death and decay. And so Jesus says that to the Pharisees. He says, you guys look great on the outside. You guys look great in everything that you're doing. You're following the rules. You're checking off the list. That's, it. That's how it looks. But on the inside, you guys are dead because you do not have love in your hearts. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is calling us to love him with our whole hearts, to give our whole lives to him, to let our faith permeate every part of our lives. And so let's take a minute to think about that or take more time in your life to think about that. Are you letting your faith touch every part of your life? Or are there parts that you're kind of holding back? I mean, what good is it if you come here on Sundays, you participate in Mass, you worship well, but then you go home and you're a jerk to your spouse and your kids? What good is that? What good is it if you come here on Sundays and you receive the Eucharist, you eat the Eucharist, Jesus himself, but you go home, uh, you go out about the rest of your week and you participate in uh, recreation and activities that are shameful, that God would be ashamed of, that are sinful. What good is that? What good is it if the people around you don't even know that you're Christian? The people at work, your neighbors maybe. Do people see something different about you? Do people know that your faith, your love of God is what drives you? Do you let your faith touch every part of your life? Do you let your faith dictate how you vote? And I bring this up because, of course, on Tuesday, we have the midterm elections. We can't just come here, brothers and sisters, and, and worship well, and tell God we love him, and receive the Eucharist, and then go out and vote in bad ways. What good is it if we come here, and then we go and vote purposefully for a pro-choice candidate? What good is that? We have to let our love and our faith touch every single part of our lives. Because again, Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And it's only in doing this that we will have true freedom, that we'll have true fulfillment. You know, God doesn't give us commandments. He doesn't give us rules because he wants us to be slaves or because he wants to keep us down or something like that. No, anytime Jesus gives us a commandment, it's because that's what's good for us. It's because that's what's going to fulfill us. And I promise you, it's only in laying down your life, like Jesus laid down his life, that you will find that true peace. Perhaps the most important reason why we have crucifixes in our sanctuaries is to remind us what we're doing at Mass. When we come to Mass, we're not just remembering Jesus. We're not just symbolizing the Last Supper or something like that. No. We understand that we are really present at the foot of the cross. Jesus Christ is truly made present to us body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. He's here. God is here. True love is here, brothers and sisters.
Let us receive strength from him, the grace from him that we need to go out and to let our faith shine through every part of our lives so that we can be the good disciples he calls us to be. Hold nothing back from him because he holds nothing back from you.